and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Scott Nye. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How's it going? Uh... Uh, things are getting back on track after, um, well, people who listened to the most recent movie journal, uh, which was multiple episodes ago that all, dra- yeah. all dropped within a few days, uh, heard that I had some technical issues that uh, uh, resulted in episodes that existed not being able to be posted. Uh, so we're back on track now. So that's how I'm doing, I guess, is I am back on track. All right. Um, Nothing else going on in your life? There actually is like some real um homeowner like homeowner shit going on that i i have a lot of complaints but it's going to sound like humble bragging because it's all right. like it's all predicated on i own a home and there are problems because of that um but uh yeah that's just the thing i mean if you were a life a, a long long time renter like like i was uh there's like you know you know that like hey when you own a place if there's a problem it's on you you don't just call the landlord or whatever you know that but it's one thing to know that and it's one thing to actually have to like feel that like oh shit you know is that like i guess i'll say like oh shit is that a termite are there termites what's this like it's just something i'm spinning like what is like is this are they eating the house alive am i uh gonna have to spend thousands of dollars how do you tend to town home when you share walls and like i'm just like spiraling out of control because that is my nature as a an anxiety ridden person um so anyway that's what's actually going on in my life since you asked is uh we also have termites yeah yeah uh it is termite season i was told when i called i didn't know there was a season i assume they just lived there yeah, I didn't know um, that either. Yeah, we found one. No, we found like five, like two weeks ago, and so we've just been laying down this like minty, theoretically safe spray twice a day, and that's kept them at bay. But okay. uh, gonna text the landlord tomorrow and be like, because they sent an exterminator around to like do the inspection and never got back to us. So we'll see. To, to, to specifically for termites, yeah, because that's one thing I like. We have like we have a contract with Orkin and we have like our place sprayed for like bugs and sp- like cockroaches and spiders and stuff regularly. And so when I saw the termites today, I called Orkin and I was like, uh, Hey, can you send our guy? Like, I like, I like, we like our guy. He's really nice. His sure. name's Efren. So I was like, can you send Efren like out with the ter- termite thing? And they're like, no, Efren's not licensed for that. We have to send out a termite specialist. Uh, so it's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm learning. Yeah, but so I don't we have are, to pay for it. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I do have to pay for it. <laughs> um, I mean, Natalie and I do. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy that I like never in my life did I ever live in a place that had termites until I bought a place and it was my problem. <laughs> never <had laughs> Go to, figure. Never had to deal with it before. Uh, but yeah, um, I, what I'm finding though is I feel like termites are thing. I think it's something that like is like really common, but people don't talk about because like once i volunteer like oh yeah we have termites like like you just did you're the third person i've known who's like oh yeah we had them too like either recently or a while ago turns out it's termite season uh yeah 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 so um yeah i don't know we we saw a bunch like right alongside a windowsill the one window that i'm looking at you can kind of see like a hole in the wall where they're kind of coming from and so i called the person they're like okay we called the work and they were like you can't have a term a, a specialist out there until this weekend they're like in the meantime uh spray some windex that should slow them down hmm. and i sprayed a bunch of windex like in the little like uh, alongside the 
so I, and I like we've seen one like the next day and then not if we haven't seen one in 48 hours so I don't know there if that go. means the Windex killed them all and uh th- that's what i'm hoping but i don't know we'll see how this goes i'm sure that yeah, guy's gonna that's tell the trouble is you don't really books. know until like somebody yeah. comes and starts spraying shit yeah yeah all right that wasn't even what i was going to talk about though what do you want to talk about um i was just recently in london um and uh listeners who heard the movie journal heard that i um did go to the movies once, but there was another movie related thing that I didn't talk about in the movie journal that I wanted to talk about here. Um, we were in town the same time as the BFI London film festival. And, uh, we didn't go to the BFI London film festival. Um, but we were walking along the South bank of the, of the Thames, 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 I think Thames, Thames of the Thames. Um, and we, and I, and, uh, Look, I'm, I like movies, Scott. I'm a guy who likes movies. So even out of the corner of my eye, if I see the name Guy Madden, I'm going to look at it, right? That's going to catch my interest. I'm a guy who knows who Guy Madden is. Um, And it turned out Guy Madden, he wasn't at the festival. He was, he was there with the, so he had an installation at the festival. I guess it premiered at last year's PFI film festival and he was there. And this year they just like, I guess still had all the stuff. So they mounted this installation again. Um, and it's called haunted hotel or something like that. Um, uh, subtitled a melodrama in augmented reality. Uh, and when it, you walk into a room and there's a bunch of like collage posters, like on the walls, but the people working the event, they hand you an iPad that has a, like an app open and you hold the iPad up and you can sort of like navigate your way through the layers of yeah. the collages. It's very it's cool. Very cool. Uh, it apparently, like I said, it's a, a melodrama in augmented reality. There is apparently a story. Sure. Uh, it but, yeah, mean, it's Guy Madden anyway. <laughs> yeah, it didn't necessarily, I, I didn't necessarily follow the story, but um it was a really, really cool thing. It was free and it was like out of the blue. We just like stepped in and, uh, that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the things. So yeah, well, we, we could talk more about guy Madden, but I just want to talk about travel and being in another city. Um, one of the things that, um, Natalie and I like to do is definitely like most days when we're in another city, we have some like loose plans maybe occasionally we'll have like okay this thing starts at this time we have to be there yeah. but basically it has sort of loose plans far enough apart that we can walk to them and walk across the city and walk different ways so like if we hadn't left this like entire time before we had like uh uh we did the jack the Ripper tour that night so we were just like hey we have to be at you know the other end of the tower bridge at seven fifteen. Yeah. Let's take it. Let's take our time. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have happened by this uh, awesome Guy Madden installation. So that's uh, Guy Madden's awesome, and that's but that's also a tip on how 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 David and Natalie travel. Yeah, totally. I mean, when we were in London, what three months ago? Um, probably the coolest thing that I liked the best was um, we would just pop it happen on this old church. The church itself is fairly old and like kind of in a similar architecture style to the other old churches. And you're just like, Oh, it's an mm-hmm. old church. And then they had this sign that was like, check out. I, I don't think they called them the catacombs exactly. Cause I don't think there were people buried there, but it was like something like check out this cool basement. And I was like, all right, 
<laughs> and sure enough, we wandered down and they're like, here's a floor from the second century. And here's some artifacts from the first century. And here's a little place where people used to pray in like the three hundreds. And then it got lost for like a thousand years. And then we yeah. rediscovered it. And it's like, what? I have no idea. Wait, was, was that, was that the, the Mithraeum? Is it what oh, it's called from, from the Roman times? Cause we went to that. That's also free to get into. Um, we were doing, trying to do a lot of free stuff. We could, yeah. <laughs> um, given that we have this, you know, homeownership. Um, but yeah, there's a basically an ancient Roman temple um, that was lost and then actually uh, discovered again post like the Blitz in uh, like World War II. Um, uh, this was definitely not that. I would not okay. qualify this as a coliseum, but like I said, it was the basement of a church. Um, no, I, didn't, I said temple, didn't I? Oh, maybe you did. Um, yeah, it's a Roman temple. No, it's it's small, but it's not a church. It's okay. Yeah, this was definitely like a, a church. Yeah, okay. um, it was right near the London Tower, which we didn't actually go inside the tower. We just kind of walked around, but found this near it by. Um, but yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of things that like they discovered after the Blitz, it's just like yeah. cleaning stuff up. Like, what's this now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we should talk about how. Um, yeah, you went to London, and then we went to London. And yeah. in 2019, you went to Paris, and then later Natalie and I went to Paris. Oh, you went well, in 2018. We went in 2015. Oh, okay. So that was way well after. Yeah. But then also in 2020, we both had to cancel Buenos Aires trips. Yeah. I this is not something that Natalie and I are planning. We're not like looking you keep at saying that. these plans. But well, uh, I mean, it's looking more and more suspicious. Um, I mean, our Buenos Aires plan was in place back from when we got married that was going to be our honeymoon and and we kept having to delay it and we finally did it or planned it for 2020 and then had to cancel it and we planned it for 2021 and had to cancel it again so like i think we were ahead of the curve ahead of you guys on buenos aires in terms of like laying down the groundwork but it is weird that we keep like doing things after you did but like i mean i can't remember how paris came about but london it was literally just like we want to go out of the country but we don't want to spend a lot of money. And Natalie was just like bargain hunting direct flights. Yeah. And that's, so that's how we ended up uh, going to London. Uh, we got so lucky with the, the weather going in October. It was, it was beautiful. Well, I'm even more jealous that you had a bargain on the flights. We paid it through the nose on that one, but we were kind of locked into dates because we we're going to a friend's wedding. So uh, what will you do? Right. right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's enough uh, pre-show chatter. I want to tell you real quick about, tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colorful colors they look great they sound great uh i use them each every day of my life uh today i was um even though this ha this happened over a week ago um rudolph isley from the isley brothers uh passed away but today i spent a lot of time listening to uh the isley brothers and it's like the Isley Brothers have so many songs that I know and love, but I don't think I had ever like. They're a band that tends to, or a group that tends to like come up and sure, yeah. parties or on playlists, or whatever. Like, I don't think I'd ever sat and like listened to a bunch of Isley Brothers hits in a row. And listening to them in a row is really like powerful. Like, wow, they were great. Oh yeah, they're pretty they awesome. Really great. Um, so yeah, just doing like shout and this old heart of mine and it's your thing and and that lady and fight the power like all one after another like man those are all great songs um all right and it's under great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available to low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension 
at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Scott, we're back. We sure are. Why don't you tell me what we're talking about? Because this was this is your baby. Let's yeah, get into well, it, shall such we? as it is. Um yeah, I've just been hearing a lot of chatter lately. Um, I, I don't know what it, what if anything spurred it, but um, maybe it's just the general notion of kind of reassessing the last several years of our lives, and like especially you know, quote unquote, post pandemic. I just got my latest booster shot today, so hopefully, I am the most post pandemic of us all. Um, but a lot of people are looking back at twenty twenty and kind of being like, did we? Did we overvalue some movies from then? And I was kind of curious about that for myself, curious about that for you, and kind of collectively, if the two of us feel that that's something that happened culturally, um, or the just how that period lived on. I'm part. I'm curious about this for two reasons. One is like obviously we're all watching films under unusual circumstances. We're all trapped at home and all very lonely and not going to movie theaters and stuff like that. And also partially as sort of like almost a testing ground of my growing theory that I think more and more people are coming around on of of like streaming movies don't last and like how many of these movies really seem to have counted as real movies since then. Um, and how many just felt like they kind of came and went. Um, well, if you're asking me personally, uh, no, I've got a solid critical head on my shoulders. I, uh, was not at all, uh, influenced by the pandemic. Uh, so that's, that answers that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I would like to talk about sort of what were the celebrated movies of that year. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I know the one that people kind of point to the most as being this, and they're kind of wrap it up with like late Trump uh, era brain is the Borat sequel, which I kind of stand by. I think that was a really funny movie. Okay. Um, and kind of tapped in the moment. But I think especially by the time it got to uh, what's her face getting like an Oscar nomination, people were like, did we maybe think too highly of the Borat sequel? <laughs> uh, no, I, I like, yeah, I like the second Borat movie. So, uh, um, yeah, my only annoying, the annoying thing to me at the time was that like so much of the press was just about the Rudy Giuliani part. Yeah. For understandable reasons, given the timing and, and everything. But uh, that's such a small part of the movie of a movie that is so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the most kind of virtuosic get, as if you will. Uh, right. The thing I always think back on is like him just like living with those guys for like a week or whatever and like yeah. having to stay in character that entire time. That's that's insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I think I can kind of. Um, when, I, when I think about the movies of 2020 that. Because when I look at my list you know, of the things that I loved in 2020, I stand, I stand by it. Um, you know, um, lovers rock on the rocks and I'm thinking <laughs> of ending things were my top three. Yeah. yeah. Those are great. Um, 
yeah, I, I guess, I mean, yeah, no, this is, that's reassessing something else. But when I look at the movies that, like, premiered streaming that would have premiered um, uh, theatrically, I can kind of see how maybe I might have had some pandemic goggles. Did you say that term yeah. yet? Uh, uh, no, I, I guess I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of like yeah. what people have been referring to that sensation as. Um, and I stand by this movie, but I was like legitimately moved by Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, I was never <laughs> as on board with that as, as you were. And I do wonder if it was that like this, there's um this like guileless to there's this inner innocence and this literal togetherness in the way that like the movie ends with like l the 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 message or the final like landing point of the movie is that literally everyone across the world and across time and stuff is together and, and right. so that that in, in in the midst of this pandemic we're all in this together type of thing um and me believing in that and already like pretty early in the pandemic seeing people selfish people push against that uh i do wonder if they uh, maybe a part of why i found bill and ted face music so moving uh is pandemic goggles yeah i think the closest one for me that i'm unsure how if i really liked it or not is um wonder woman 1984 which I liked a lot at the time. And I can see how people objected, especially some of the racial politics in it, which are like mostly just like badly informed and like very comic booky. Um, but a lot of what people objected to was just like the tone of it, of it being like much sillier than the first one, um, which I never had a problem with. I don't think I would still, but I do wonder if I went back to that. It was like, was that just because I got to watch it on Christmas Day and it was like a nice kind of way to ring out the, the the old year, you know? Yeah. Um, And like feeling like, you know, we won the election and, you know, vaccines are coming. We're going to enter a new territory. This fun comic book movie that released on Christmas Day. A pretty solid way to spend the time. And I don't know if I would feel the same about it now. Uh, Yeah, I, I wonder if I would, too, because I also um liked yeah woman 1984 uh in such a way that i was like that was one of those movies that i was that i liked and then was surprised that people didn't like sam and it, but then sometimes i just don't think of i don't know I, I mean this is getting off topic but like um when it comes to movies that are part of a franchise or part of an ip i'm I'm pretty, I'm like rarely watching it through that lens of like, sure, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm basically just watching the movie and, uh, that has time and time again come to like, uh, uh, put me at odds with, um, the general opinion on, on a, on a movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I Even think, um, Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, even looking at like the stuff that I really liked from that year, it, it does feel like it kind of felt some of this stuff falls to the cracks more like, and just trying to remember that it happened. Um, like I definitely adore, I'm thinking of ending things, but I often have to remind myself that like Charlie Kaufman did make a movie not that long ago. Like in my head when I'm like, what was the last Charlie Kaufman movie? It's probably been like 10 years. Oh no. He just had one very recently. That was amazing. Um, I found that like just scrolling through my list of, 
altogether 2020 films um like the nest is the same way i know like sean durkin has a new movie coming out like this year i think or something maybe next year um and in my head i'm like man that guy's been forever oh wait no he also made the nest which is very recent um uh, it's funny because i both those movies are in my top 10 of 2020 so uh i definitely remember them well i'm thinking of anything was in my top 10 too but even still it seems i don't know it just it feels a little harder to hold on to it the one people often bring up um mainly because he had another movie out this year is uh, christopher nolan's tenet um which had like the biggest like attempted a release that year um but still feels like because it came out this weird time it's like relegated to a footnote in his filmography uh yeah um when i it's funny when i think of like these pandemic streaming movies the movie that i think of is a movie that actually did come out in theaters pre-pandemic but i didn't see until seeing it home uh and that's birds of prey um Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to go with a different one, which I'll mention shortly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Birds of Prey was the... There was only twice that I did that thing of like, I'll pay, what was it, like... $20, $20 yeah. $20, okay, um, to to watch a, a movie. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, 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 remember I really liked Birds of Prey. I don't know. Uh, I hope that I would uh, still like it if I, if I watched it again. Um, but I do think part of it was that like going to the movies was like a multiple times a week thing for me that suddenly I couldn't do. And so like Natalie and I getting together on the couch and we probably made popcorn or something and probably tried to recreate, like have a movie night was a big part of the experience of birds of prey. So that could have colored, uh, my opinion a little bit, but I hope, I hope birds of prey holds up. Well, I did see it in theaters uh, before we were all thinking about the pandemic, and I I loved it then. So I think it, I think it would. Um, it's what one of the few good Ewan McGregor performances of the past like decade and a half. So stands out for a reason. Um, oh, you want to talk about a movie, and maybe maybe you'll disagree the way I disagree with you. A forgotten movie that's really good from a pretty major director from 2020 is News of the World. Totally. Like yeah, completely that's... memory hold. Although that wasn't like that warmly received is pretty mixed reception. I thought it was great, but, but I, yeah, I mean, you and I both really liked it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, just the fact of it being a Tom Hanks movie directed by um, Paul Greengrass. Yeah. You yeah. would think like it kind of stay in the consciousness a little bit more, but yeah, no, no record of that exists. But then in 2021, Tom Hanks made a movie called Finch that no one ever saw or talked about <laughs> that's true tom hanks does have a habit of late of being in movies nobody ever well, talks about especially these these apple movies because there's also like yeah. well i already forgot what the was it a submarine movie or a battleship movie it was called like greyhound i think it was a battleship movie yeah yeah i never saw that one i think Neither that was I. also like around that time wasn't it yeah because i remember walking going on my like morning walks during the pandemic and passing the uh there was a bus stop ad Hmm. I was always like, that's not a real movie. Why is there an ad for it? <laughs> um, the the biggest like pandemic movie I always think of because it was, it was released right on the cusp and like was in theaters for about a week before getting taken out was uh, Kelly Records' First Cow, um, 
which is definitely a movie I need to watch again because I only saw it the once at home um, in my living room, which in the middle of the day, which gets all this light inside. And there's like mm-hmm. so many lovely scenes in the dark that were just like blown out. Um, yeah. So I should give that one a revisit because I always think of it as kind of lesser Reichardt, but everyone's like, everyone else seems to think of it as one of her best. Um, it's definitely not one that's been kind of like memory hold, but um, still to me feels like a footnote, I think because of the release pattern. Um. So I guess the the elephant in the room we haven't talked about is Nomadland. Yeah. Um, a movie that I didn't really like. Oh, I liked uh, it. Yeah, I didn't really like it. Or maybe I. it's possible that I'm doing that thing where I was like, I should go back and like look at what I wrote in my review at the time because it might be one of those things where I like thought the movie was just okay and now I feel like I didn't like it because it like won the Oscar and everything. Right. Um, but I think I didn't really like it as, I, as far as I recall um and it won best picture do you think do you think the 2020 awards reflect uh pandemic goggles do you think that's a really good question i I mean you mentioned uh maria bakalova getting nominated but like um are there any other like oscars um that are like in retrospect like really but also the the field was so weird. That's what the main thing, right? Is like tons of different kinds of movies would have been released that just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the biggest one I always figure was like the beneficiary of that weekend field was um, Promising Young Woman, which I, I can't remember if you like, but I certainly do not. Oh, no. God, <laughs> uh, I'm like offended. Um, <laughs> Every now and again, like, especially like a very like, pro feminist movie i think one of us i think we're both like kind of have a weak spot for those kind of themes and mm-hmm. i feel like every now and again there's a movie that i like just because it's like has the right kind of verve to it in that regard and, and i think you have the same tendency so i didn't know if this was one for you no i think i'm pretty sure on our year-end episode I, I i put it as my most overrated movie of the year um based on looking at my list at the time um yeah but then again i mean I don't know. Yeah, there's there's also so there's pandemic goggles. But before that, there was the Sundance glow and right. promising promising young woman was a huge hit at Sundance, uh, you know, two months before everything yeah. shut down. So uh, it's it's possible it would have still been as much of a contender. I think it could have stuck you know, around in screenplay where it ended up winning. Um but like, you know, on a best picture list of, I can't remember how many, I don't want to quickly count how many it was this year, but eight or nine. And then best actress. I know Carrie Mulligan was like considered to be high in the running, but at the same time, like, and really this is a kind of a weird list for best actress for that matter. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's rare enough that something makes the full journey from Sundance to Oscar that I think... I, I kind of look suspiciously on that as figuring like that probably would have fallen by the wayside. Um, so too. And really this is like also a late Trump era uh, beneficiary, but travel Chicago seven, which I liked more than a lot of people, yeah. but like, it. it's not great. Yeah. I'm, I would yeah. not surprise that it's not great. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got big streaming movie energy. And I think that would have stood out a little bit more if it had been released in a more level playing field. But how much of this is us saying like, oh, pandemic goggles or just us like being 
like there's always movies that we don't like that get that get a lot of attention you know that's true that's very true i i just think there's i don't know like there's some on here that i don't like that got a lot of attention like one night miami i'm not that crazy about but i see a little bit more cleanly why people responded to that um and like sound of metal i didn't like as much as most people but again i i see why that kind of hit um but like glenn close getting nominated for hillbilly elegy i mean i know i know she's overdue and all but <laughs> nobody liked that movie it's it seems impossible see to me it, yeah and neither did i yeah um yeah i'm just looking at that i mean i don't know i'm uh not a huge uh wait what what, what you're we're talking about sound of metal yeah so i'm not a huge um mank fan i think it's uh i was literally just about to say like that got the most oscar nominations yeah. and that's definitely a beneficiary of a smaller field especially a field that's going to be have less um like technical kind of qualifications so like there's no big effects movie that year to steamroll those you know there's not like some huge gigantic movie that needed a theatrical release it's just mank <laughs> yeah um yeah i yeah i like uh i really like amanda seyfried in that movie um i mean i like her in everything i think most of the too. cast is pretty solid um but I bring up Amanda Seyfried because I recently had a dream that she and I were friends. Oh, and that's I, wonderful. And I uh, called her Mandy and we went to, I, I don't know if it was Hollywood forever. We went to like an outdoor yeah. movie screening together. This was my dream that I was just like friends with Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> that's very cool. I'm very jealous. Um, <laughs> the closest I had to that recently is I showed up at a friend's house. We have a weekly movie night with our friends, Josh and Megan and Martin Scorsese was just there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that yeah um uh, let me see, think so oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead no no <laughs> um no i was just trying to look if there's other little nits i have to pick but you seem like you had an actual topic um i just wonder if uh if i'm being too like narrow in defining pandemic goggles like could they be retroactive like is it possible that i think more of emma with a period at the end right than i would have if it weren't like the last movie i saw in theater for 14 months <laughs> totally i wondered that also about um the invisible man which i think ended up being like number five on my top 10 list that year. And it wasn't quite, and look, as I'm looking at my list it was the third to last movie I saw in theaters before everything shut down. But, um, that made such an impression on me. And like, especially seeing that theatrically was like overwhelmingly cool experience and great audience movie. And like, would it have placed as high if I kept going to the movies all year and had other great audience experiences? Who's to say? Uh, yeah. Um, when I look at like the, the big and what I mean by big, I guess, I mean, like studio releases from 2020. Um, the one that really stands out as being, I don't know if it's pandemic goggles on my part, but it feels like it was done dirty, uh, was let him go with Kevin Costner and, 
uh, Diane Lane, which yeah, uh, I didn't see that made, one. Made my honorable mentions uh, for 2020, but then like in retrospect, the, I say like if they if they I, and I can't remember who released that now. Universal, I can't remember now. No, um, let's say Universal, whatever. If unless they had made it an awards movie, which I think it came out earlier in the year, unless they had made it like an award season movie, that movie was never going to find a huge audience anyway. I don't think. Yeah. Um, this like very quiet, um, sort of semi like neo Western, you know, takes place in like the late fifties, early sixties. Um, with the, with two stars who are in their (laughs) sixties, you know, it's not like, it's it's not a movie that would have like done Bafo Bo anyway, uh, so maybe again, am I am I just am I am I complaining about the pandemic or am I just like sticking up for a movie that I loved? At the same time, I don't know. Well, people go see go see movies. At least they did pre pandemic. Post pandemic, they're a little more uh, loath to return. The statistics suggest. Okay. But- Pre-pandemic, man, Kevin Costner, Diane Lane. I think, I think uh, they would have turned out. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh my god, I just draw a bl- drew a blank. Uh, Leslie Manville is in it. Sure. Uh, really good movie. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Thomas Bazooka, and I don't know if that's actually how you say his name. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, he also made the Family Stone, which uh, I I really like. I, think you do too i can't remember uh yes i do yeah. um one movie i guess similar to that that i feel like would have landed a bit uh more if it gotten a proper release is on the rocks which i know you and i both love but which uh, number, felt like it got two. the softest re- re- reaction in the world um just like well, it's, nobody was that into it i mean it's crazy that like uh, of all the streamers like Apple TV seems to be the one that like is most doesn't exist yeah. in terms of like movies. And yet the next year they won the Oscar with, with Coda. But then have they had, unless I'm missing something, have they had a movie that's broken like through in the consciousness since Coda? I know they have like some TV, like yeah, for sure. Ed Lasso, the morning show to some extent. Severance. Uh, Severance. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, it definitely, I mean, this year, of course, they're like partnered for Killers of the Flower Moon, so um, they'll get a little piece of that pie. But um, yeah, Coda feels like the weirdest fluke that like I didn't really like Coda, um, but and I'm not particularly glad it won the Oscar, except for the fact that Netflix has been trying so hard to win Best Picture. And then (laughs) Apple was just like, I guess we got this like kind of fun family movie. We'll just kind of kind of put that out there casually and then they win. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I I've, said all- about, I've said a million times on, on this podcast that like I this is a different kind of goggles, not pandemic goggles, but the just like pre award season goggles. I watched Coda. Natalie and I watched Coda during like Sundance at Home in 2021. Yeah, and we liked it. We thought this was a nice movie. And if you had told me at the time it's going to win Best Picture. I would have said, "Oh no!" Like, what happened? <laughs> like, did no more movies come out? I don't understand. Yeah. But like, I but I also I also wonder, like, would I have felt more strongly against it if I hadn't watched it like 
if I had watched it under the umbrella of this is a, an awards contender, you know, which is how I watched everything everywhere all at once. I didn't watch it until it was um, a major contender. And I really, really disliked that movie. Uh, would I have only slightly disliked it if I had seen it back in April or whenever it came out? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw both when they came out. I think both were August releases. And so I can be the authority to say they were both bad the whole time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, On the Rocks, I just feel like that's such a fun movie. I mean, it's like it has some sad parts, some mournful parts, but like it's a really funny screenplay and Bill Murray's so good in it that I feel like it just would have played so well with an audience and really caught on and been something, um, but just never had the chance. Yeah. Um, all right, let's look at some, what, what other, I guess the opposite end of that is like another film that really came and went and deserved to go. And <laughs> how would that go? I can't it say that. In past tense. Come and go. Come yeah. and go. Yeah. Um, was, uh, the midnight sky, which I think was oh, put as my like least favorite movie of the year or something like that. Um, but I feel like that would have had an even bigger release theatrically. Like Netflix would have put a lot of guns behind that and it would have failed even more spectacularly because like truly, I mean, it was really bad and nobody responded to that. The midnight sky. Okay. You've got, uh, uh, an older man partnered with a young tyke. He can't really communicate with, and he's got to get across a dangerous terrain with a ticking clock. Right? Do you know what the Midnight Sky needed? What does Midnight Sky need? Dinosaurs. <laughs> sixty-five. Yeah, sixty-five is, is wonderful. Much, it's a much better. I don't know if it's wonderful, but it's fun, and I'm, it's definitely great. Playing like uh, airplane watching, which is how I watched it. Um, yeah, it was, it's a fun movie that um, because it allowed itself to have fun. Midnight Sky is one of those like no fun allowed type of movies. Um, I saw 65 in theaters, um, and for, with the most part for, with a fairly like sedate crowd, just like a Tuesday mm-hmm. evening kind of out to see the movies, except this guy brought like his four kids to the movies and like kids are going to be rowdy, whatever. That didn't really bother me. What was funniest to me though, is like, it's, I mean, 65 is I think probably a PG 13 movie, but it's like, it's not aimed at like children. It's aimed at like teenagers and above kind of thing. And so they were showing movies for like hardcore horror movies beforehand that were like terrifying these little kids <laughs> and the dad's way of like trying to deflect that, uh, of like trying to like assuage his kids, which just didn't loudly yell, man, who wants to see this bullshit? <laughs> and just like trying to like make fun of the movies. And when that didn't work, he's just like, yeah. we got to go. And then they just like left the theater for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay. Oh, I um, just landed on another uh, streaming hit from 2020 that I did not care for, uh, and that's Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Same. Might, I, that that's a movie that maybe like, hey, we're all at home and it's on Hulu. It's a big deal movie. Uh, maybe that's why there was so much. It seemed like it was really it really hit the zeitgeist there and uh i did not like that movie 
Well, here's some psychoanalyzing. Like you can kind of see why it would hit the zeitgeist. Cause it's about a guy trapped in a particular right. set of circumstances. That is very yeah. predictable that he just kind of has to push his way through and he can't even kill himself over it. Not that we're all trying to kill ourselves out here, but um, it kind of has like that kind of pandemic refraction element to it. Um, but yeah, I never, I never really liked it. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie you thought I was going to say when I said birds of prey? Oh, that was a uh, first cow, which we went over. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only other movie, see, I'm mostly focused, I'm focusing on 2020, but like, I still considered like, you know, mid-March until vaccines is what I consider like the first sure sort of wave of COVID. Sometimes people talk about like, oh, waves, like, yeah, there were three waves. Like, no, there was the first wave of COVID was March 13th until two weeks after my second shot. <laughs> um, uh, so there are 20, the only other one that I, that I, that we did that like movie night, $20 thing was Barb and star, which was a 2021 movie, but it was still, That's right. it was still COVID era. That movie in that window. Yeah. And I know you're a fan of that movie. So yeah, I know uh, you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I can only say that that feels like a pandemic goggles situation to me, but you know, not, not to dishonor your, your love. But, um, Speaking of Hulu comedies, though, one that I feel like landed really well at the time and which I think was kind of a victim of its release pattern for a reason why it hasn't felt like it's had any lasting power, even though it should, is Happiest Season, which I know has become like a yearly watch for you. But yeah. like, it feels like that should be an annual favorite for everybody, but just feels like it just kind of pleased people that year and then did nothing after that. Uh, yeah, that's and that's sad because... Uh... It rocks. I, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy watching, watching that movie. Um, I lost my list of 2020 movies, so, uh, I don't have anything else right now. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any others that I kind of want to like pick on as such. Um, well, except for maybe the vast of night, which I think you liked, but I never really got why people were that crazy about it. You really don't get it. <laughs> Not really, actually. <laughs> it's there. It's so transfixing, and it's so. Um, it has a, a. It has a confidence and a level of patience that you don't often see. I think from first-time uh, filmmakers, uh, and maybe like yeah, just knowing that he was a first-time filmmaker. Uh, Maybe that was the kind of goggles that I that I had on, but uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm uh, I, I know that like reducing a movie to vibes is like a, a, a cliche at this point, but I I've I've watched it multiple times and I and I and I vibe out vibe out on it every time. Oh, you watched it more than once! My goodness. Yeah, I I really like the best of night. I think it's something special. You don't mind those long scenes of exposition in the second half, then? Uh, no, because the um, I like the actors and I like to hang on their 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 words uh, and and their faces when we see them and then uh, their voices when we don't right. see their faces. Um, yeah, I the the movie's uh, magic trick worked on me. Weird how many of these movies I have zero memory of. I do not know. Oh, no. I remember what Wolf Walkers was. That was an animated movie that people loved. Yeah, wow. it was in my top 10. But that's oh, also man. like a that's a pandemic thing of it being like 
there's no way Wolfwalkers would have made my top ten in like a normal <laughs> year. There were just like fewer fewer movies. Yeah. Um, uh, but now I just want to talk about the best tonight. I want to talk about Jake Horowitz, the the male lead of the best tonight, because I really like him. Uh, what else in that been? movie? Well, he um, is in Bones of All, Bones and All. He um, who's he in that? He, uh, without giving spoilers away, I guess. Okay. Uh, he works a stand at the carnival in Timothy. Oh Calvary. yeah, he's great in that. Yeah, and then he's also in a very cool movie called Agnes from 2021, um, directed by Mickey Reese. Do you know who Mickey Reese is? No, I vaguely remember this movie. Did I see yeah. it? Um. So, uh, Mickey Reese is sometimes referred to as the flyover fastbender or the backwoods Bergman. I think fastbender is more, uh, basically he's like a self-taught filmmaker who, uh, makes like, I guess genre movies, but they're mostly just movies where people talk to each other. So Agnes is like a horror movie, but it's mostly just about people talking. Oh, um, cool. And, uh, Agnes is the only one I've seen, but like reading about his stuff, uh, he seems like, a really fascinating guy and he's made like so many movies and they're all like between like 50 and 85 minutes long. <laughs> uh, yeah. I really want to get into more of his, his stuff. You know, what my favorite thing about Googling any movie is these days is you scroll down a little bit past like the basic overview section. You get to the people also ask the number one question is always, what is the point of whatever movie you just Googled? <laughs> Well, but that's movies have to have a point. Of course, yeah, and yeah. people want to know what the point is of this movie. They they have to be. The movie doesn't work unless you, you know, get the little prize at the end. I guess. Yeah. Like, Mickey Reese does not have his own Wikipedia page. It's very strange. Uh. Anyway, yeah, I really liked Agnes. Oh, this one, that one's ninety three minutes. That's an opus by his standards. Yeah. Um, Holy hell! This guy uh, has directed a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've read a lot about him, and I've only seen Agnes, but I I, I got to check out some more stuff. Okay, uh, is this episode petering out? Do we have more that we have to we want to say uh, uh, about these the the movies of of twenty twenty? Not particularly. If you if you do feel like we should give the listeners more info, though, I did have a top of the show topic that uh, we didn't get to because you had a top of the show topic. Um. Okay, wait, I want to talk talk about uh, more movies from 2020 that I liked and you didn't. Okay, great. Was it Pandemic Goggles that I liked I'm Your Woman? I'm Your Woman. Oh, God, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's, I mean, the... So we've talked about this before, but my big kind of pet peeve of movies, especially period pieces, is how they don't have anyone in them. And it's just like about three people in like a purgatorial wasteland where no one else exists. That movie's got that problem hard. Nobody else is in that movie except for like five people. <laughs> yeah, but most of it also takes place like at night, you know, maybe the people yeah, isn't that handy. Uh, also, yeah, Pittsburgh had a year in 2020 between I'm Your Woman and uh, Happiest Season. That's right. That was a Pittsburgh movie. Yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of Pittsburgh but movies. Happiest Season. That's a movie where people exist. They walk out of their houses yeah. and they see other people in the world like you do. <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna fault julia hart for not having a, enough of a budget she had a like great wardrobe for rachel brosnahan she had some cool <laughs> old cars like she couldn't 
She couldn't spend it on everything, you know. Yeah, then uh, time to shift your priority, make a different movie. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Uh, what was your other topic, real quick? Um, my other topic was completely unrelated. Um, but oh well, then let, let's, uh, let's let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it because I still yeah, have more. I want to. I, I want to so. say. Um, okay. Uh, a movie. I think it came out in 2020. It might have been 2021. Um, but it ended up, it was a Netflix movie that was like, yeah, what did come out in 2021? Did you see bad trip? The, uh, no, like, uh, what went on? Like it was, it was the, um, Eric Andre, like little, little Howery, Tiffany Haddish, like hidden camera, like prank road trip movie. Okay. You don't <laughs> I, have zero me- I have zero memory of this. This could, does not exist as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, um, uh, it was supposed to go theatrical, um, I think, at some point, and then it um, ended up because of the pandemic getting sort of um, sh- sold off to Netflix and and oh and, sure and on there, and that's one that like I think they didn't realize what they had because that mm. would be it would be an amazing movie to see with a crowd. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer, but yeah, that's a 2021 movie, but still, it's still a pandemic casualty, I think. Yeah, that seems like if they just waited a little longer, they would have done okay with it. Yeah. Because that initial blast of movies in like June, July of 2021, there were plenty that I did not care for, but I have fond memories of all of them. Give me some examples. That's that's part of the Uh Let me see. Topic. Scroll that section of the thing where this is about the right time. Should I just list these in a strange order or something? Anyway, um, why can't I remember the name of this movie now? I would expect it to come up in this specific. Uh, okay, give me some some details. See if I can. It was the other musical from 2021 that people thought was. Oh, In the Heights. Um, the Heights. Oh, yeah. Like that, that was like. I don't even understand why it's not on my list of 2021 movies. Anyway, that was like the first movie I saw going back to theaters and was like such a blast even though I did not care for that movie. Like even while watching it, I was like, I'm not enjoying this, but I'm also kind of enjoying this just cause I'm here. Okay. Yeah. My, um, my experience of that, the first movie I saw back was also not a very good movie. Although a lot of people like it. Um, a lot of genre fans like it. And I'm also forgetting the name of it. What was the werewolf comedy with, uh, Sam Richardson and, um, the girl from the cell phone ads. Um, <laughs> um like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know if I know the name of this but, movie. It had werewolf or werewolves in the name. I think, and I feel like it was like alliterative, like it was like werewolf watchers. I think werewolves within. Werewolves within. That's what it's called. Okay, that's what Google is telling me. Uh, yeah, that was the first one I saw back, um, and uh, yeah, it was so much fun to be at the movies, uh, but. Uh, I don't think it's a great movie. Yeah, I'm just looking at other movies from right around that time that I would have seen theatrically. Oh, yeah, this, is a, this is a fun game. I'm going to go to, go to my Letterbox diary and see what my first movies back were. After yeah, was within. Where was uh, it within. I think I remember. I definitely saw The Killing of Two Lovers theatrically and uh, was a little mid on it. Um, but. That, I think that was the first one I went back to by myself, which I go to the movies a lot by myself. And that was kind of like, all right, getting back in that groove. Zola for sure. What, Cause I, 
I still think that's a great movie. And I don't think that was like, I, yeah. I don't think I'm overpraising that by valuing it so much, but I, I remember watching that and being like, I'm so glad they held this for theatrical because it was so much fun to see with the crowd. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I saw killing of two lovers, um, on a screener, um, and, uh, at home. And of course I saw, uh, Zola at Sundance pre-coped. So I'm trying to look at what else I saw in the theater. My first press screening back was Summer of Soul. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. A lot of these were definitely screeners. I can't identify what I would have. Weirdly, I saw Natalie and I went and saw Ailey, the documentary about Alvin Ailey. Sure. Oh, old. That was great. Yeah, that was a real like, oh, yeah, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. Do you see Knock at the Cabin? And we've talked many times. Yeah, I love Knock at the Cabin. Oh, you loved it? I liked it, but it didn't, definitely didn't hold up to old. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? Uh-oh. Have we lost Scott? I'm back now. Um, I think I actually preferred knock at the cabin too old. Um, I think it's got a little bit more juice under the hood. I, I feel like it, like it's, it's weird to, uh, it seems strange to criticize a M. Night Shyamalan movie for not being surprising enough, but I feel like (laughs) knock at the cabin has like, it has without spoiling things for anyone. It has like Rupert Grint's like big scene which is awesome. But I also feel like the movie kind of peaks there. And then um, you can kind of like, I kind of figured out what the playbook was for the movie at that point, And it just, it was it satisfyingly enough hit all the parts, but it did feel like it was coasting a little bit. Whereas old just like kept coming up with crazy shit to do. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. I think what impresses me about knock the cabin is that it is bereft of crazy shit to do of like, I mean, I guess this kind of gives it away, but there really is no twist in the movie. <laughs> like it just is how to pre- and you keep expecting there to be some out, but it just doesn't provide that. And if anything, that's a little like meta reflection on what we expect from an like Shyamalan movie. But like that made it all more effective. Of Like we're going through the same journey the characters are of they keep wanting to think this isn't real. And in anyone else's hands, we might also we might be more sure that it is real, but because it's a night Shyamalan, we kept being like, it's probably not real. Right. And then it just mm-hmm. kind of ends up being that yeah. it's also, and this was somebody else's observation that I'm stealing because I, I do think it's part of why the movie was so effective, but I think it's a good portrait of um, people in a relationship who are at different points of seeing how their future could play out and how much hope they have for themselves and for the world at large, which especially in you know these times of rising fascism and dwindling climate and all that i think is something a lot of couples go through of like how much future do we have individually as a couple do we have collectively as a species and people do feel very differently about how to invest in the future and that's very much what knock the cabin's about uh yeah i think that's a great uh point of view and i think the um all the performances in the movie are are, are good oh yeah um I feel like I hadn't seen Abby Elliott in anything for a while, but uh, I like her. I feel uh, like I hadn't seen Ripper Grint in anything in a while. Yeah. I had just what recently watched uh, one episode of 
Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix that he was in. Um, but it wasn't very good. Uh, gotcha. All right, we should start wrapping up. I'm just having fun like looking at... Uh, we, I think at some point we need to do an episode on movies that have actually addressed COVID. Oh, um, for sure. I would love to do I, that. Getting into 2021, I'm seeing one of the earliest ones and one of the worst uh, was um, Stephen Daldry's Together. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I passed on it. <laughs> that was a big note for me. It's really bad. And that's coming from someone. I love Sharon Horgan. I love her so much. Um, and it's just not very good. But I'm also like looking at this and realize, remembering part of what's so strange about Together is it was clearly made like, oh, vaccines exist now. We're this is ending. And it's oh, sure. come out and then like COVID like didn't really end for another two years or whatever. Um, but uh, the ways thing makes me realize that like, so I had that werewolves within thing of like, oh, I've seen, seen a movie in a, in a theater, you know, um, for the first time in a while. But then you remember around like the holidays um, and into like January of 2022, there was a big spike again and I stopped going to the theater again for a while. Oh, really? And, um, yeah. From like, um, I'm trying to think what was the last thing. Like I, I went to like, award screening so i saw like tragedy macbeth in a theater for like an award screening uh but then i don't think i went to the theater again until like right before tyler and i did our um so it's like a month later when tyler and i were going to do our uh top 10 i went and saw parallel mothers because i hadn't seen it yet i wanted to catch it before doing our top 10 and that was another thing where i was like telling natalie like I think I'm going to go to the movies tomorrow. She was like, oh, really? Because we hadn't been in <laughs> yeah. over a month, I think, at that point. Yeah, I never stopped going to the movies. There was, once I was back in there, I was like, they're going to have to shut the shit down again for <laughs> to drag <laughs> me out of it once more. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, this was a fun episode. This was a fun um, little trip down memory lane. And yeah, I definitely want to do Enjoyed, uh, movies that addressed COVID. I might have frozen uh, again. Uh, I kind of hear you. You there? Uh, anyway, right. uh, I want to do that topic, but yeah, uh, let's see. You can find reviews of a lot of these movies that I wrote from streaming <laughs> or like screening uh, screeners uh, at battleshipretention.com. Uh, you can uh, check out my other podcast, the one where I met your mother. Um, you can email me at david at battleshipretension.com and you can find me on Letterboxd at David Bax and Twitter and Blue Sky at Davey Pretension. Uh, I almost said Natalie. Uh, Scott, where do people find you? I'm touched. Um, <laughs> Twitter and Blue Sky Rail of Tomorrow, Letterbox, just my name. Um, and at Battleship Retention, where I have, by the time this goes up, there will be a review up from me for um, Rodrigo Moreno's The Delinquents, which I saw last night and is way up on my list of favorite movies of the year. So we'll likely have much more to say about it um, come early next year. Um, and then also a review of Criterion's new 4K release of Videodrome. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll get you next time. Let's, Bye. Do I say anything else there? No, I don't think so. No, Bye. That's it. Bye. Bye.